apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 3389238, Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML3389238, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC3389238, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clovercrest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance, we find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and weave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape, never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs welcome to throwing jabs a cmg sports podcast i'm joe mcguire along with jared jones and last week uh Pretty much went the way that we thought it was going to. No shooey for Tui uh, is exactly how that panned out, Jared. Ciro gone with the TKO over Ty Tui Vasa. Although, let's not forget in the second round, Tui Vasa, according to Ciro gone, put him out. He was lights out for a second, uh, and, and he went down and he got right back up where he continued his domination. But the one thing we were concerned about, uh, you know, ended up kind of coming to fruition as far as uh, how are you going to beat this guy? I'm going to knock him out. There's not a lot of other ways it was going to work for Tui Vasa. Um, that was his big highlight. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, I mean, to be fair, I'm watching it, and I got a little concerned for Cyril for a second, you know, for that brief second. And then I remembered something I heard a really, really wise man say. He can win that fight, too. <laughs> yeah, that was me earlier that day. Um, yeah, and when he got up and started trading, there were t- moments in this fight where the dog came out. 
And he looked like he could win that fight too. Draw a line in the center of the ring, stand on it, and every each of you put one foot in a tire is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, and I think Gon wins that fight too. So let me ask you this now. Does is it worth Gon's time to fight anybody if it's not for the title or for an interim title? Worth his time? Be more specific. Should he wait it out? Or, I mean, listen, this guy's been fighting, what, about every four months? He's been a very active heavyweight. He's obviously very athletic. It looks like in Ganu, maybe the earliest he'd, he'd be ready for action is January, February. The... Again, this whole Stipe, John Jones thing, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? If that fight is next or that fight is for an interim title, does Cyril Gon wait out the winner of that or wait for a shot at Nganu? Uh, or do you, do you keep on fighting here? Because really, who's next for him? That makes sense. That's why I say worth his time. Is there somebody he could go out there and, and, and throw with that... You know, listen, the, the other fear is is you go out there, fight someone, and you lose. Now you're to the back of the line again. And that's what I was getting ready to say. As much as I'd love to say, nah, you don't sit around and wait. When do you ever do that? You see guys doing that now in the beginning of their careers, waiting 18, 20 months to get on the Contender Series. Get a shout from Dana White, and it's got to go around a cycle or whatever, and they, they wait with that stand with that ticket um and in the heavyweight division of the ufc you always run a risk of losing if two we taught us anything that's it that no matter how the you know all of that technical advantages could trade him and win and there's still a chance uh powers is speed times weight right so these guys inherently are more likely to knock each other out and that's dangerous. Look, I say, oh, wait, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I man, I never want to say that, Joe. Wait. Ah, it's like one of those paint the situations where you wait, and this is one of them because everything you've done is impressive. There's no reason to rush into a a fight, and then you lose that fight, and where does that put you? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, some of the names just behind gone on in the rankings are. Myocic, Blades, obviously Tuivasa, who he just dispatched. Uh, Pavlovich, Aspinall, Lewis, Volkov, Rosenstrike, Tabura, Dawkins. I mean, as you go down that list, it's like, you know, a lot of winnable fights there for Cyril Gon, but with all of those opponents comes the risk of getting caught and getting slept and, again, sliding down in the rankings. It's just going to make this whole pro- – this, this division's a little bit of a mess right now, I feel like, with Ngannou out of action and his contract expiring. And nobody really knows what his plan is going forward. He's talking about boxing. Stipe and John Jones, again, The is that thing going to happen? Is it not going to happen? It's, you know, now, now not only is John Jones, was he holding up the light heavyweight division Who's for this a while? Now? Some fella. And 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 but now he's messing with the heavyweight division. Who the fuck is that guy? 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> He's, I mean, listen, I would love to see Stipe and Cyril gone. I think that would be a great matchup. But he has to win that fight. If you're his handlers, do you put him in that fight? If you're Cyril, I, do you take that fight? I would I would take it simply because, and especially with Nganu out of the picture right now and with an uncertain future, you're talking about a guy similar in, in skill set to you where he can he could box, he can kick, he can wrestle, he little And he everything. loses, where does that put him? Um, I I don't think it's a bad loss for him. I think you could lose to Stipe Miocic. I think you could lose to Francis Ngannou, and you're fine. I think if you lose to Curtis Blades, I think if you lose to Aspinall or Lewis or Volkov, boom, you're you're back. You've got to be dropping seven, eight, nine. Well, the problem – see, I noticed this in prison. And the t- during the times – it sounds weird. During the times that there was – that there weren't fights – like there would be these pockets of time where no where no real fights would break out. And there's kind of a you know pecking order established. You've got this little hierarchy, you know. <clears throat> and um you're stuck between guys you really don't want to fight and guys you don't get any points for. And Curtis Blades is a guy he doesn't get any points for. Right. You know, and that's where he is right now. You're stuck between champions and guys you really don't get any points for. How old, Stipe? I mean, we're reaching a little bit with that fight. You're talking about Cyril Gan, the top, the top of the game, one rounds against Ngannou. Who's done that? And Ngannou looks like a different beast every time. He looks like he's more like this is. This guy is on the in on the pinhead of human evolution it's the only reason he beat my guy <laughs> is because he's evolving faster than the rest of us this Nganu character look him up i'm sure there's got to be some conspiracy theory somewhere about the evil and these tickets i mean let we should start some if there isn't he beat my guy <laughs> yeah um as Tony here just pointed out, uh, yeah, he says, yeah, or Steve be getting a rematch since he's the longest reigning champion in UFC heavyweight history and never gets mentioned uh, for another Nganu fight, which is, yeah, a, a weirdly disrespected champion uh, and the idea that Bones would have to go through Myochic or whatever nonsense. The, that, that whole thing is so, yeah, never mind. Uh, there was another big fight on this card, and I think it was, I think it was noteworthy for what happened right after the fight ended. They asked Robert Whitaker who was next, and you know, or if a move up a division was in the cards, and uh, he said no. <laughs> he said, "I'm still one of the best in the world. Why?" Why would I why would I do anything else? He would like another shot uh for the middleweight championship. He absolutely pulverized Marvin Vittori and I think reminded everybody why he's definitely the second best middleweight in the world. 
Robert Whitaker. We've talked about this a lot. Anybody else on that list? You're talking about Vittori was number three. I mean, absolute domination here by that Robert is a Whitaker. Significant fall off. That's one to three. Yeah. There's only one guy between those two fighters in the rankings. That's a long way. And Izzy beats Whitaker. Oh, yeah. oh. Sucks. And Ganu sucks. He did marginally better than Stipe in round one than he did in the first fight. And then caught him in round two. Considering how he completely embarrassed Ngano the first time, he should want to do it again to prove he's better. I agree with that. I do agree that Francis Ngannou and Stipe Miocic should fight a third fight. That To me, that's a no-brainer. Uh, Whitaker and Vittori should both move up to light heavyweight. Yeah, probably. It would probably... Uh, look, this whole weekend, we're not going to run a tail of the tape today. I got to tell you, the Nate Diaz, Kazma Shamaev tail of the tape uh, blew up, absolutely blew up on YouTube. Uh, thousands of views on that. And we'll get to that fight card coming up. The whole fight card uh, is out the window because it seems as though uh, nobody seems to be caring at all about uh, about making weight. I don't I don't even understand that. But anyway, back to back to Whitaker. I think this guy, uh, first of all, I think he beat Adesanya the last time they faced off. I was uh, pretty adamant about that. It was uh, one of those fights where Adesanya didn't do anything. He just stood in the center of the ring, ducked, you know, did, did a lot of this, threw some counters, didn't land a lot of them. I mean, I guess that's a win. It, it didn't feel like a win to me. Looked like he was um, playing knockout kings with one hand. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean, look, if you're if you're Israel Adesanya, who, who else do you well? I, I guess let's see if he could beat Alex Pereira in an octagon. Uh, before we get too crazy, that's fun. I, that's fun. He's got other wrinkles to his game that I don't see from those other guys. It's a fun fight. He beats Pereira. Yeah, it's tough to keep going in there, but you saw what happened when he moved up. Yeah, this is tough. Did you hear what this guy said uh, to his trainers after he got off the scale? No, it's a uh, Shemayev missed weight. <laughs> All right, okay. This All is right, but no, you're at the top. <laughs> Thank you. You're at the top of the game, bro. You can't. You can't be a different weight than you. I. 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 Like. I'm getting I broken record stuff. You're a professional athlete and the tool, this is like corked bat stuff. The tool that you use, you can't have a lacrosse stick with it with a basket this big. Like you did whatever your tool is in the game, somebody walks in with like a fat bat to an MLB game, the big red plastic ones, just filled up with bricks and stuff. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that because your tool has to be the same as everybody else's tool. <laughs> oh, man. The biggest clown in the sport. Yeah, Shemayev so missed weight like a clown. Yeah. His punishment is a fight with the biggest clown in the sport, Kevin Holland. Shemayev got into it with a fellow clown, Paula Costa, this week. 
who's the biggest clown? And in honor of Jace, I want to give his, he texted it to me. His favorite clown in the UFC is Doink from the UFC video game. That's hilarious. And then he would go, what? It's a clown. He's a clown. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought this was um, a necessary question. I just, For some reason, Shemaev... I I, I I don't know. Uh, it, he that whole press conference, the, everything went haywire. He was throwing stuff at people and kicking people. He had a verbal altercation with Paul Acosta. Um, my favorite thing of the week. They tried Jared, to accost another guy. <laughs> they asked Shemaev, "What happens if Nate Diaz hits you with a with a Compton slap?" And Shemaev just straight faced was like. Oh, if he slaps me, I slap him back. And then he thought for about a half a second, and he said, I will wrestle him to the ground, I will pin his arms, and I will set UFC record for slaps in a fight. Which, <laughs> and he said it dead serious, and you're like, oh, my God. Can you just imagine that? Like, <laughs> It seemed like Chamayev really got uh, – these guys kind of got into his head. I'm not, I wouldn't be worried about him in, a, in it, but he – Seemed like he was a little out of his element. I'm not sure 100%. I've heard a couple of theories about what was behind the missed weight, some injury issue or whatever. But he ends up in a fight with Kevin Holland, who does not know how to wrestle. And so Chemayev is going to kill him. And due to Nate Diaz, what uh, due to Holland, what he would have done to, to Nate Diaz. But this all got me thinking about it. Uh, who is the biggest clown in the UFC. And is it possible that it maybe is Nate Diaz? Again, a guy who pretty much is a professional fight loser in the UFC. Funny story, uh, Jared, and tell me what you think of this. Tony pointed out in his fight with Conor McGregor that he lost, he hit them with the Compton slap. And I know it makes him, you know, feel like a big man. To embarrass his opponent, but what if that had been, I don't know, a closed fist to Connor's face? Maybe, maybe you knocked the guy out. Justin Gaethje, we talk about the the fingers all the time. Maybe if you balled that up and threw that jab, you would maybe do some better things in the ring. Paulo Costa is a clown on so many levels. My favorite, of course, being that he's got that black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Just for I'll his pants. His pants up. <laughs> um, who's a guy that you see in this in this sport where you're thinking this guy's a clown? Like I can't even take this guy seriously. I feel like you did this to me on purpose because every show I'm like, who now? What? What'd you say? What was that last? Oh, night? who are you talking about? John if, Jones. If he's in the UFC, who? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, that's know, a great Conor yeah. McGregor, maybe. <laughs> I was thinking about that too. And hey, Nate Diaz, I thought too. It's like you've got to really get into clown. Like, is it uh, 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 Sean Sean O'Malley? You know, what do we mean by clown here? You know, sure. I like think Sugar Shane definitely here. falls into the very likely a clown category. Uh, put it to you like this: Holland, losing fights. While you're talking 
Bam. All of that trash. Yes. And losing, being dominated while you're like, hey, check out what I'm about to do. You're like that really annoying kid that just keeps just, I'll run my mouth, though, huh? Uh, you'll leave, and then I'll be talking shit when you leave. Well, it's funny. Uh, in the tail of the tape that I'm not going to run, uh, obviously, Nate Diaz fought Leon Edwards, and it's great. I, I chose that moment in the fight when after four rounds in an additional four minutes, Nate got his ass handed to him. You'll recall he hit Leon with a good one, made his knees buckle, and he pointed at him. And the crowd went nuts as Nate lost a unanimous decision, 50 to 45 across the board. That's what makes him the world's biggest clown. Jump on him. Dude, right? He he buckled the knees, and rather than go in for the kill, he wanted a showboat. It's like, dude, you didn't do anything tonight at all. That one punch. You want to you want to celebrate and smoke a blunt oh, over it, dude, or you want to be a serious <laughs> fighter? I gotta I gotta touch on this comment comment. The complete unprofessional of this guy, these guys is astounding. Now, you you gotta remember Oliveira just missed weight. Now you got Shamai have missed weight. Shamai, Shamai. Jared, can you think of a single old school boxing match canceled or shuffled due to weight cutting? It's rampant in the UFC. Even Barnett just missed weight yesterday. He's a heavyweight. The most egregious example of this I can think of is Pacquiao Mayweather, Pacquiao Mayweather, Pacquiao Mayweather. Fight this other bum, fight this other bum, fight this other bum. And when one of those bums, and you could make the argument he won all three fights against Pacquiao and went 3-0 and against Pacquiao, when in the third fight he knocked him flat on his face and the Mayweather-Pacquiao went into the toilet again, uh, Marquez, Juan Manuel Marquez, fought Floyd Mayweather, and Mayweather came in heavy, paid the fine, didn't care, was two weight classes over Marquez. For a guy that had just knocked out the guy that was supposed to be his biggest rivalry at the top of the division. So I'm I'm beside myself that these guys are missing weight. And fighting on this card, that's almost like, yeah, let, let Nate fight Holland. You know, I understand Shamayev gets pulled off the card if you pull him off the card, but how is this acceptable? Take 50%, take 80%. You've got clips of, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. There's a UFC fighter literally talk, talking to, hey, Dana, won his fight against somebody who missed weight and was 10 pounds bigger than he was come fight day and didn't have to go through the weight cut. I think that's the thing the general public doesn't understand is, is what you're doing to your body to get it to that point where you have stamina for that. Do a three-minute round one day and survive it and be on your feet and, and breathing. Watch how long it takes you to recover your air after three minutes. These guys are going 25. The conditioning you put your body through. And then um, and then the, the weight cut. Some of these weight cl- cuts, they're starting to come up with uh, mandatory rules to try to regulate weight cuts because people are just passing out and losing consciousness to try to make weight. Um, so missing weight, like we just, we just can't keep doing that where these guys stay on the fight card and don't have to go 
put their body through the same thing everybody else did. Either you are that size or you shrunk down to that size and went through a really physical uh, battle. So either way, you just can't have that advantage going into a fight. There's a reason boxing has weight classes every seven pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Size matters. Uh, this is hilarious, too. Paula Costa, Tony points out, as far as who's the world's biggest clown. Uh, he Tony points out uh, he didn't even know what they were fighting at, despite the fact, of course, Jared, that they were like ranked second and third in the division. Paula Costa wasn't sure what they were going to be fighting at, which weight. Asked if he can get the fight at 205 at light heavyweight and still came in at 230. And then got his ass kicked anyway. Uh, that's and it's like that's the part really. Circle gets a square. Oh, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Well said, Tony. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good argument for the biggest clown of the UFC right there. Yes, definitely puts him in in the rankings. All right, we're gonna take a real quick break. Uh, we're not gonna run the tail of the tape, but we will preview the fight. And for those of you who don't know, we'll explain. Because all the numbers are wrong. (laughs) Yeah, everything's a disaster here. We'll be back next on Throwing Jazz. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All right, uh, so so normally we would run the tail of the tape here, and as I mentioned, uh, that's not happening. It's now UFC Fight Night, Diaz versus Ferguson, and I gotta tell you, Jared, I'm I'm happier about this fight than I was about Chimaev and Diaz. I think, on the one hand, I think this is a fight that fight fans would have been interested in seven or eight years ago, right? Diaz-Ferguson would have been a great matchup. Here's the thing. This is Nate Diaz's last fight in the UFC. Clearly, this will be the end of Nate Diaz. You're not going to see him in the UFC anymore. The Tony Ferguson fight, again, two, two cool names. Eight years ago, this would have been a marquee matchup. This is a fight Nate Diaz can win. Nate Diaz went from he's probably going to get mauled in his last fight to now he's got a really good chance of going out there and beating Tony Ferguson because El Kakui, since the Justin Gaethje fight, is just a completely broken fighter. You know, this is the guy I didn't bring up last week. That I'm just thinking of now after that Usman knockout. He'll never be the same after that knockout comments from old school fight fans who understand what happens when you get knocked out like that. And I had said that after the Gagey fight about Ferguson. And yeah, he's not the same. I say you got to take Diaz here, right? 
Yeah. Uh, Nate's lost three of his last four. But it, they, they've all been, uh, you know, obviously one of them was against Leon Edwards. Ferguson's lost four in a row and has looked terrible and is fighting as a welterweight for the first time since 2011. So there's a lot of reasons to think. Uh, I, I Again, I think just given it the old eye test, just what we've seen of Nate Diaz and what we've seen of Tony Ferguson, I, I can't imagine a scenario where Nate doesn't lay a beat down on Ferguson and then gets to ride off into the sunset. Three out of four, and that's since 2016. Yeah, he's definitely inactive. But again, listen, I mean, he went into the ring with the guy who is now the welterweight champion in Leon Edwards, and he gave Leon Edwards all Leon Edwards could handle, being as inactive as he's been. And again, just being a clown, just being a giant fighting clown because that's what nate diaz is idea for who you got next week biggest drop off guys like tony ferguson who were at the top of the game and fight after fight after fight just looks chuck liddell like you it's hard to envision him winning a fight with what we've seen from him in his last four What's his path to victory? <laughs> Jared, as I'm looking at this, at the new card here, the new lineup card, uh, and I'm looking at Nate and Ferguson, all I could think is there's got to be an ears joke in here, right? <laughs> what, what am I missing? Because there's, I, I definitely want to talk about their ears. Now, by the way, uh, you mentioned it a while ago, but Chemayev is fighting Holland. Um. This whole card got got all mixed around. Oh, I always wondered what happened to the children of the corn. (laughs) 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 All right. Yeah. Uh, These two. I'm all layers, Joe. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, it's all good. So that's that's your new lineup card for. They grab my Lisa Loeb seating in case. Uh, so that, so that you said you come. wanted to gauge E. <laughs> uh, Daniel Rodriguez and Lee Jingliang, uh, are, are part of the, the main card. Chemayev and Holland, uh, will be downgraded to the co-main event. And again, Ferguson versus Diaz. Nate, Nate is a plus 115 now, Jared. I think he was like a minus 400. Coming into the fight against Chemayev. So how nice. You can actually bet on Nate Diaz. Oh, yeah. If you're a Nate Diaz fan and you won't be just throwing your money into the dumpster. For sure. For sure. I think there's a better coin toss chance. And he's a he comes off hiatus every two years to smoke weed at the weigh-in and get shit on for 25 minutes. Nice. Nice. I've seen some uh, videos on some other sites like that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, also on this card, uh, speaking of Ian Cudabella and Johnny Walker will be going at it. The sleep. That kid needs a win. Uh, He's Johnny- losing. So- no, no. No, no. Don't take Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, Johnny yeah. Walker's there. He's just the showing sleep up. Walker. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. too bad. I, and I think uh, I think Kudalaba is a better fighter than him. Uh, Chris oh, yeah. Barnett. I think 
Chris Barnett is a, a plus 320 against Jake Collier. And Barnett, dude, as Tony said in the comments before, is a heavyweight. How do you miss weight as a heavyweight? The limit is like 265. 265. How Brock the hell do you made weight. Come on, bro. Damn. <laughs> That's a lot. You could be super fat there, man. You could be way overweight. He it. Oh, but here's the other, this is the other, I, I don't want to harp on this for too much, too much here to talk about, but it, it to me, it's the idea that none of these guys has apologized. Shemayev made a joke on Twitter about missing weight. Like, I, here's the thing, and I know Dana gets a lot of, a lot of, uh, about the, the pay. It, you gotta, you gotta rein these guys in a little bit too, though, Dana. This is too much. Yeah, this is too much. Especially when the general public, like not maybe not the general public so much as it used to be, but that's the whole reason the fight game has all these roadblocks set up that keep getting in the way anyways um, and keep it from progressing is people think it's barbaric, it's unprofessional, yada, yada, yada. You sign a contract and come in 5, 10, 20 pounds overweight and your weapon is you. Well, then it, that that supports all of the arguments against us, guys. What are you doing? Just in a general sense, it looks like. Yeah. All right. So that's that. That's our big fight preview. It's Ferguson Diaz, and really, who cares? Uh, this has little to nothing to do. Uh, with with the actual rankings or who's an actual contender, because clearly be very entertaining. Yeah, the ship sailed on both of these guys. Now uh, let's do our puncher's chance. I noticed there's not a whole lot of names on here. Oh no, I like the plus money on Arosa. I think he's got he's much more technically sound. Duadu's the favorite, the minus two twenty, and I think that's because of the highlight. That has less to do with Arosa's a tough guy to stop. And I don't know if Wadu can uh, beat him by decision. Um, it's going to be a heck of a fight. And I say take Julian Arosa in that plus money. All right. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, all right. Well, listen, that is going to do it for us for this week. Uh, I think... Big Jace might be heading back here next week. Uh, we'll announce that during the week. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, at Throwing Jabs. We're also online at clovercrestmedia.com uh, backslash throwing jabs. Uh, I'm Joe Aguirre. That will do it for me. I will leave you in the hands of Jared Jones as he gives you the flurry. Take it away. Lift me up. It's actually a haiku um, where you get 17 syllables to say something prophetic. And so that means the explanation is longer than the actual haiku. Um, I did something about flowers not too long ago, giving people flowers now, telling them you appreciate and accept them. And I feel like this is kind of, the evolution of that is lift me up. Um, we have people that go through rough times. We all know sick and suffering people. The thing is, we don't wear T-shirts that talk about our hardships. 
um, I just lost someone or, you know, I'm, whatever you're going through, you don't, you don't wear it. You can't see it on each other. So when you reach out, when you make that small attempt to lift someone up, um, there's no telling how important it could be in their life when you even just stop by or make a phone call or whatever it is. Uh, we are important to each other. And as our culture gets even more segregated, it makes it more important for us to lift each other up and try to understand what one another are going through. And that said, here's the haiku. Lift them as a love now, lest you lift them as a pallbearer later. Hi everyone, I'm Owen Muniz, host of the All Four Downs podcast. Football season is near and we have the podcast for you. Subscribe and follow the YouTube channel for insights on picks, sports betting, on all NFL, college football, and the upcoming XFL games. All Four Downs. Presented by Clovercrest Media. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth and retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round. Bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs